again, I've never been a coach. You know, you guys don't know me that well. I've never been a coach that makes excuses. You know, I, I had to do better tonight to get these guys. You know, I mean, and I give St. Mary's all the credit, man, but I thought tonight we just didn't have it, and I know we're a much better team than we showed tonight, and that's on me. Um, but traveling had nothing to do with it. I mean, it's, it's what it is, man. We're happy to be in the big dance um, and getting this opportunity. So, you know, I, I, can't, I can't point the finger at that. I just I thought that they were the better team tonight, man, because we were a step slow in everything we wanted to do from a defensive standpoint. It was ugly. St. Mary defeats IU 82-53, to and it wasn't that close. This was just, it was, a, it was a pretty large lead going into half, and it never got better. I mean, when you're cheering more, the cheerleader who gets a, a ball out that is stuck behind the basket than you are the team. When that's more the story than the game, the game was really Really, really bad. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. JMV joins us from 93.5107.5, the fan. And and look, you you said that this was a tough one uh, for IU. Uh, I don't know if it was having to play the play-in game. I don't know if it was issues with the plane and caused them to get in a little bit later to Portland than they wanted. I think those things would be seen as just uh, excuses. It was a bad beat, and that's all there is. Yeah, you know, Tony, Mike Woodson clearly didn't want any excuses afterwards. I should we offer up any excuses, too. He did play, what, five games in eight days or whatever. But that was the situation, Tony. They had put themselves in. That's what they needed to do to get into the NCAA tournament. And then once they got in, you know, that was the criteria they had to start with to get to round number one. And, you know, I'm sure deep down inside that probably had something a little bit to do with it. You can't discount it, but you certainly can't excuse what was just a terrible all-around effort last night. And, you know, I felt a little bit good. I, I had mentioned to you earlier in the week that they needed to get off to a good start. They got off to a quality start, and it kind of looked like the two teams that I had talked about, a couple of grinders that, you know, really aren't great offensively going back and forth. And then IU just – I think – Woodson went to the bench and, and took his guys out and put the bench in and things started to avalanche. And once things started to go downhill, these guys just had zero response. They didn't. And then he talked about the defensive end. It was a layup line. There wasn't much of a response. And you know, I don't like to say that you, that you quit, but you know, certainly when things start going in that direction, um, you, you're, I don't want to say motivation either. Your energy level decreases. And you could tell those guys at times looked like they would have rather been anywhere else but there, and that's problematic. But, uh, yeah, it was it was an ugly, ugly game. St. Mary's is a good team, but IU should never take a shellacking as they did last night. You just shouldn't. Now, a lot of teams yesterday in, in the opening round took a shellacking. Kentucky loses to St. Peter's. Uh, then you have uh, CSU losing to Michigan, which was a, a, an 11 seed. Uh, you have Iowa that lost uh, to, to Richmond. So there were a lot of those 11 6, 11 5 kind of matchups uh, that went uh, the other way, just not this one. As you take a look at IU in the future, this run that they've had. Uh, does this help uh, get the commits? Does this help with the recru- recruiting class? Or does a loss um, like this wipe I, it all away? I, I don't know. It's it kind of interesting because I had felt that he's going to have to make some changes here. I mean, I mean, you saw you got to find some shooters. And that was clearly 
the biggest issue. I mean, just running out of enthusiasm and energy and going down the way that they did to St. Mary's last night is one thing. But this team from the perimeter cannot shoot to save their lives. They just can't. And you have to find shooters. The guys that he had brought in via the transfer portal in Miller Cop and in Parker Stewart gave you absolutely nothing. And I'd said the entirety of the season, if those guys can't hit perimeter jump shots, then they can't be on the floor because they just don't offer anything else. And in the normal circumstances, Tony, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you offer up a skill set of shooting, then you leave. I mean, people love that. Coaches love that. Teams want that. That's how you win. But when you don't hit anything and you don't offer anything else, that's just problematic for the entirety of the team. So they absolutely have to zero in on guys that can shoot the basketball. Teams just kind of packed it in on Trace Jackson Davis and let guys step into jump shots they simply couldn't hit. And this era of basketball anywhere, much less college basketball, you have to have skilled shooters and IU had zero, and they have to find those coming up before the start of next season. Talking to JMV from 93.5, Uh The fan, real, real quickly before I get into my, my next thing with you, don't go anywhere, uh, uh, preview uh, Purdue against Yale tonight. Um, it's not the quiz bowl, so you better win by, like, 25. Seriously. Um, this is what – hey, Tony, do you remember the, the film Remember the Titans? Right, do back I? In yes. Right. Not you remember really, what, but okay. Okay, Coach O said uh, at a moment in the game to Denzel Washington's character, he said, Herman, leave no doubt. That's run it up. Leave no doubt. You don't want any doubt from this game. We got some doubts right now. Defense, they turned the ball over against Iowa in that Big Ten title game a bunch. Uh, Boilermaker fans have doubt because they're worried they're not going to reach uh, the expectation level that they thought this team should because it's talented and it's deep. So against Yale, it's that easy. Leave no doubt. Win by 20-plus and then concentrate on round number two. Now let's bring it back to Indianapolis and let's talk about the Colts. To do that, let me give you a quick story. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback for the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson has a lot of people claiming sexual impropriety. A judge dismisses a whole bunch of counts. Next thing you know, Deshaun Watson is hot again for NFL teams because they could possibly use a, a, a quarterback. He won't go here, he won't go there, but he's got a couple teams he'll go to. One of those is the Browns. They get hot and heavy in conversations. Baker Mayfield, the quarterback for the Brown says, hey, listen, clearly this isn't going to work. He opened letter to the people of Cleveland. Just wanted you to know how much I love you and respect you and appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the Browns are like, yeah, we're not going with Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield says, this is too late. I want to trade. This can't be repaired. The Browns say no. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield says, you know a team that would work for me? The Indianapolis Colts. Thus the question, JMV, are we about to see Baker Mayfield uh, in, in the shoe? Okay, I can answer the question in, in a shorter form, and then we'll dive into it. Deshaun Watson, if he ends up picking Atlanta, Matt Ryan's going to be the next quarterback here. I oh, can damn. tell you that. Yeah. If he, Deshaun Watson, if he decides on Atlanta, the seven-year-old Matt Ryan will be the next quarterback here. In my estimation, that's my thought. And you can pick on me if I swing and miss, and you could uh, carry me around the studio on your shoulders in euphoric fashion. If. I end up being right, but that's what's going to happen if he goes to Atlanta. 